0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. <laughs> From the coaches panel, I hope you're well and welcome back to another coaches panel podcast where we take you through all the big fantasy footy issues for SuperCoach Dream Team and AFL fantasy plus your draft formats. Yep, we're here to help you through it all. Uh, joining me on this uh, episode, uh, he's managed to venture out of suburban Melbourne uh, down to the island along with three quarters of Melbourne. I've got Jordox on. Hello, mate. How are you?
1: G'day, MJ. Yes, I'm good, mate. I'm um... In holiday mood, but, um, but trying to sharpen my focus. We've got seven weeks to go. We are okay. on the run home officially.
0: Yeah, seven weeks to go. So depending on the way your um, potential leagues match up, That means you've got anywhere between three to four weeks away before your finals get into gear. No matter the format you play, whether it's drafts or a classic format of the game, you're around about three to four weeks away. While for those of you that are playing the rankings-focused game, these next fortnight, it just feels like you can make up some significant ground. About 100 points a week, by the way, is what the kind of guide we use here at the Coaches Panel to make up on the leader that you can make but it's also that time that if you go too early and make too many moves too early, you could find yourself getting unstuck in the last fortnight. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but Jordox I think the player of the round that people are certainly wanting us and are considering for them too to talk about is Patrick Dangerfield last week. And we've talked about in the past fortnight. To be fair, I feel like every week it's like, oh, no, we're talking about Dangerfield again. <laughs> um, but but last week he was sensational: thirty-seven disposals, eleven marks, four tackles, a goal, and a one eighty-four in Super Coach. While in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, a one. 49. He finds himself in many people's eyes as the now most desirable forward target to wrap up their side for the end of the season. Now, money could be an issue, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But as it stands right now, he's in 19% of super coach sides. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's not in contrast to what he can actually deliver. In AFL Dream Team, 17% of sides, while in AFL Fantasy, it's 23% of teams. I I got some stats, facts, and figures to walk us through in just a second. But, George, let's talk about just the eye test. From someone that watched the game, what did you see as either a danger field owner or a non-danger field owner? What are the things you saw and observed from that 120 minutes of footy?
1: Well, it was... uh... There were two two kinds of people on the weekend, MJ. There were those that got Dangerfield possibly a week early uh, and they all had huge smiles on their faces for the whole weekend.
0: Yes, thank And you. then there's
1: the other group of people who thought, nah, he's warming up, but he's not there yet. I'll take on the break even and I'll grab him next week. Uh, and that was me. So I was a bit uh, disappointed when I saw. I too didn't watch most of the game, I must confess, but I did see his score. Uh, going up and up and up. In terms of the eye test, uh, the eye test was was a pass two weeks ago um, for me in in that Bulldogs game where in the second half, I think he scored 50-odd in Dream Team and really helped Geelong claw out a victory um, in a great game. Added another eight points to his score the week after and then my expectation of danger the the week just gone was that he'd hit a a 110 at best. But... Mm -hmm. Absolutely brained it. And it was just such a great reminder for those. And I may be guilty myself of, of thinking, you know, his best, his best is past him and maybe he's not quite what he used to be. But geez, when he's unleashed in the midfield like he was on the weekend, absolute game-breaker. Um, took the game away from the Bombers and, you know, does have the potential to take the game away from fantasy coaches if you do not get on board.
0: And that's an interesting point where coaches find themselves, because for the vast majority of coaches across the formats, they've probably got one upgrade spot at best in their forward lines. Now, they might have someone like a Nick Hind, who they've found themselves frustrated with over the past month or so. To be fair, this is not the week to trade him out. Against the Crows, no Dyson Heppel, points, points, points. So, if you're a Hind owner, hold on, Um, because he was pretty decent. A 70-odd score last week against a Cat's team at GMHBA. You'll take that with the matchup. Um, we digress a little bit. Um, but most coaches have one upgrade left. Outside of Dangerfield, you're heading into the territory of guys that are in a tier that scare you a little bit. It doesn't matter how good they've been in the past couple of weeks, but you're heading into a tier of Degoe and Stringer and Kennedy, which all have good roles at the moment. But anything could happen with those three guys at any given moment. The other premium that you could maybe keep an eye on in a fortnight's time is Josh Dunkley. But if cash generation is non-existent for you right now, good luck getting Dunkley on the cheap. Because by the time he's in, you'll Mm. probably want to wait a week before you get him. So it's tough. You're in the final four weeks. I give all that preamble to come back to this around Patrick Dangerfield. I agree, Jordan. So I think he passed the eye te- test a week ago, two weeks ago, let alone what he did there. So I think you bang on the money with that. Here's the thing. If you're getting Dangerfield now, which I'm, which on preface, it's not a bad trade. It's not a bad trade to <laughs> get Dangerfield. But if you're getting Dangerfield now, you have missed his ceiling game of 2021. He, he will not go better than that, and i got the stats to back it up. This was his highest score in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team since back in August 2019, around 23, where he scored a 150. It was also his highest super coach score back in August of 2018, where he scored a 187. In his past 44 super Coach games, remember this does include the weird adjusting that 2020 gave us. How many 150 plus scores has Dangerfield given us in the past 44 games? Four. And one of them was last year. Three of them were 2019. A very different cat side, a very different game style. Oh, Tim Kelly. was still rolling around through there. How many 125 plus AFL fantasy scores has he had? He had one last year, if you want to play the rubbish before coronavirus 1.25 maths. That was around yes. seven. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're up too. That, that was around seven, 110 against the Pi. So that's a 137, if you want to use that kind of math of BCV guide that we used in the preseason. In 2019, he had five, which included a 150 and a 162. But in reality, over the past 44 games, a total of four. Scores over 150 in Supercoach. Plenty of 120s in there. But a total of six 125-plus scores in AFL Fantasy and Dream I Say that to say this, to come back to my main point. Dangerfield's good. He's very good. But you've missed the big score of the year. Much like those that traded in Clayton Oliver after his 200-plus score against the Crows. You missed his big score. And what will separate you, friend, from the rest of the pack is getting on the next Dangerfield pop score and not reacting to it. So not saying you shouldn't get him because it might be the right thing for your team. You might have planned it all along. You've got the cash. Perfect, perfect, perfect. But my only flag is this. You've missed the ceiling game of the season. And that's a frustrating place to be when you miss the big pop score of 2021 from a player.
1: And the, the thing is with the ceiling score, cause you're right. And, and I, you know, I'd almost suggest he may not score like that again for the rest of his career. That's a big call. I know, but he is getting towards that pointy end, um, and his role at Geelong is he doesn't need to score like that for them no. anymore. Like perhaps he used to, um, the, the thing about it is, cause you're right, you, you don't want to necessarily jump on as a reaction to that score. But there would be, I mean, I don't think there'd be a single coach who wasn't eyeing him off in the weeks leading up to the big score. And what the big score does now is it accelerates his beautiful price mm. price point where he was and drops that break even right down. So your plan may have been, you know, I'll watch Danger for a few more weeks and, and he'll be my last upgrade. It, it does become a point where, you know, you're not reacting to the score, but you're reacting to the effect it has on his price. Because if you now wait, Another couple of weeks, he could be. All oh, it takes is another couple of tons in a row, and he could be well not the bargain that we were hoping for. And that's totally. when you certainly have to shift your shift your focus to. To, um, I'm glad you mentioned Dunkley before because, um, you know, all all going well, he could be back next week, which is great for you know Bulldogs fans and then footy fans. You know, love watching him play. Hmm. Um, and the problem with Dunkley, we're not going to get the bargain because you know if you cast your mind back to whenever that was you know two months ago when he hurt himself it was at the end of the game at the end of a ton and he had been in incredible form um in fact correct me if i'm wrong he he scored 100 every week which would give him the record over (laughs) macrania albeit in just a handful of games um so yes you, you know we try and advise people not to react to a big score because the chances of that big score being recreated. Like you well, I mean, you've got some wonderful stats to back it up in recent times, um, but it does accelerate his price and that and accelerate the, the every week that you wait now, the bargain gets smaller and smaller.
0: Well, and I, and I think that's it is it, the moment you react, you're behind. And so if the plan this week was always to target danger field and you made that trade, Back that in. Stick to your plans. It, it it won't be as unique. Not that he was going to be unique anyway, but it wasn't he's going to get more attention because people will make reactionary trades. They'll have a premium that had a bad one game or a bad two games and go, that's it. I'm trading him out this week. And going to danger and making a sideways trade and, and not improving their team all that drastically altogether. I, I think that's some good advice around the If you're trading him, it's because it was your plan. If you're doing it because oh, everybody else is doing it, you're behind. And if you want to win your league or you want to succeed in the rankings game, reactionary trading will never actually get you there. And, and while, yeah, he, he is starting to get away from people a little bit, there's still some ripping options that are really, really cheap. And some that aren't even getting much attention. Like a suggestion in the forward line is a Rowan Marshall, ruck forward. If you've got an amateur or a frustrated Callum Coleman Jones, had probably his best game, or maybe second best game of the year, is a 91 against Brody Grundy in a heavy ruck forward split with Ryder, coming up against in the next month. Brisbane, okay, McInerney's challenging. Port Adelaide, Lysette. West Coast, Nick Knapp. Carlton, DeConig. Sydney, Hickey and Amity. Geelong, God only knows who it will be by that <laughs> point in time. And Fremantle, maybe flip you, you Flip a coin. Is it Radagalia? Is it Jenkins? Is it Stanley? I'm not even sure if they know at that point in time. And then Fremantle in the final round. But just for a reference point in AFL fantasy, he's priced at five hundred and seventy-five thousand. I know everyone's talking about Degoey and we'll talk about him in a second. Say everyone's talking about Stringer, everyone's talking about Kennedy, but what about Marshall? Similarly, in the other formats of the game, in Dream Team, he's five hundred and thirty-two thousand. He's dropped nearly two hundred k from his starting point. He's still got a break-even of ninety-one, but he's in. There's only hundred and nine people that own him in that format of the game. Well, wow. you look. Well, you look at him in Supercoach. Not even three thousand coaches own him. He's in less than two percent of teams. Has a break-even of eighty-eight. In that format, he's priced at four hundred and thirty-two thousand. It will cost you if you're a, a Jones owner. It'll cost you about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to upgrade to Marshall, and he's coming off a hundred against Brody Grundy, who was. Pretty sensational, I thought, for the first third of the game. So, we, we, yes, danger's great. But if you're going, oh, now you've got to sacrifice plans because you, quote, have to get him? Nah. There, there's some ripping options down low. You, you can't tell me. Marshall's not a safe 85 if he's fit across the formats with the ability to pop a 120 across the formats. For a couple of weeks through there, and he's like two hundred thousand cheaper or a hundred thousand cheaper in in other formats somewhere between that amount i I love danger but if if unique is what you need if cash saving is what you need and for the life of you your brain just goes crazy at looking at DeGoey, stringer or Kennedy Roey's your man
1: and there's
0: another guy
1: mJ hmm. similar to um, Dunkley, not Certainly not in price or scoring power. He's a bit younger. But Zach Butters returns for Port yeah, Adelaide call. this week. And and he looks he looked pretty good earlier in the year. Had a couple of those games where Port were really, you know, beaten up on opposition and he absolutely got amongst it. Um, now he's one that I'd suggest more of a, a wait and see. He's got the higher break even. Yeah. Um, and there may be a case where you, you know, you're maybe not ready to pull the trigger on that forward upgrade. Um so Dunkley and Butters coming. Uh, And and then, you know, the three you mentioned earlier, and I know they've been talked about a lot, in in Gowie, Stringer, and Kennedy. Um, I I found the three of them quite interesting on the Mm -hmm. weekend just gone because there'd be a lot of people that that saved the money from danger and went with one of those three. And had the Geelong game been on a Sunday, the people that got those guys would have been much happier across the weekend because on the friday night danger went bang 149. all three of them were fantastic i mean kennedy slowed but he hit a 95 and then stringer continued in that role and Dugowie, i mean he was fantastic 124 in, in dream team and Fantasy. Hmm. i mean mj who would have thought earlier in the year would be sitting here talking about all these the plethora of forward options across the cops i mean at the start of the year it was just danger dunkley you know, dusty and it you know, there Zorro, wasn't a lot but
0: Yeah, that was it. Zor of
1: course. Um but now, yeah, as we hit that final final third of the year, there is some real unique um options and, and value options. And Browan Marshall is, as you said, one to have a look at. He's he's such a unique player because he was one I thought would suffer with the addition of Paddy Ryder. Yeah. But he's actually obviously this year you can't really look at he's been in and out. Um my memory of him last year was he actually thrived in that role. Yeah. A bit like how Bush was started this year with, with Steph Martin. So just an interesting uh, thought there. When when a, an experienced rut comes along, you think it's going to hurt the player, but Marshall looks good. So there's plenty to go through. There's plenty to sift through.
0: Yeah, and it's not just in the forward line too. That there's value down back. Caleb Daniel, Jordan Ridley, uh, Shannon Hearn starting to get too pricey now. Um, but still hits that unique. Yep. I've got four weeks in a row of bringing him up. So now I'm done. He's off. I've hit the He's he's your boy. He's my boy. Um, I've (laughs) moved on from him now. We'll come and find you someone else. I know people are loving Nick Newman. I'm off the Nick Newman train for Zach Williams only. I want to see what Zach Williams does back there. He got the pop in my eyes with no Zach. I want to see what Zach does with him in the side to be all in on Nick Newman. But, you know, happy to be proven wrong. But through the midfield, Jordan, I know you've got your eyes on, on a couple of players that if money's the problem, because everybody wants to get the Steels, the Millers, the Bontempeleys. Yep, not a great week last week in a couple of formats. Um, we want the big dogs, the Merits, the Parish, for the whatever. But, but if money is the obstacle... We've talked about a few forwards. I've just rattled off a couple of names through the back line. Any, any nuggets of gold you can find for us if if we're not just looking for a little bit of value like a Jai like we're stuffed and we need as much help as we can get in that midfield line?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of West Coast boys. Well, there's three if you include Gaff, but I'm not prepared to talk about him <laughs> this week. <so. laughs> He hurt me on the weekend, um, and he's still a question mark for this week. But there are a couple of West Coast boys in that midfield that provide insane value if they can get anywhere near what you know we've we've seen from them in for the bulk of their career. So one's Elliot Yo. Yeah, like um, I'm. I'm not too sure where, where he's sitting super coach in fantasy price wise, but in dream team he's sitting at 600k. That's right, 600k for Elliot Yo. Wow break even a 76 so um, before the week just gone he's he, he hadn't put a score out that would really make you he's been a bit off since he's come back so he missed a lot of footy his first game this year was in round 11 mm-hmm. and for the first four weeks he was back he was hovering around anywhere from 60 to 80 but on the weekend in a shellacking against Sydney, he put up a 118 and that included, I think it was eight tackles, which is his go. Yeah, eight tackles. So in previous years, Yo has been, well, a couple of years back, he was really right at the top. I remember when he he went from being a defender option into just a pure mid, he was a great unique that year. Um, Huge scoring potential, minimal risk of a tag. um, None, yeah. 600K, I mean... That's great value. And then someone who's probably more vulnerable to the tag and makes it more risky, but with that risk, you're saving a hundred K. Tim Kelly is uh where's he at? He's 507.
0: Indeed, too.
1: Cool. Break even break even of 82. So there's no guarantees he's even he could drop under 500. Look, he's he's very risky, but the risk is mitigated with with, with that price point. And he went down in round 11 on a 33, and that's why his price dropped last week against the Bulldogs. Couldn't get near it. But again, on the weekend, in a big loss to the Swans, he, he posted a 97. So he could go big. He's got a ceiling. Uh, earlier in the year in the Derby. he put up a 141 against Frio. So, Oh, they're just really interesting guys for an M8 spot. If you are looking at, you know, uh, just yeah. a tiny bit of cash on one of your fattened cows, or you could have someone like a Dyson Heppel and, and MJ Keenan. Your thoughts on him? He's going to miss this week. Uh, he had surgery on his thumb this morning. They're hoping it's just one week. Yep. It could be more. I, I feel that that makes it a perfect time to cash out on a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe we can talk about that shortly, but say you were going Heppel down to a a Tim Kelly, you're going to pocket 160K. So obviously it depends what your plans are with the other move, you've got to be pretty confident that Kelly would continue to at least be hitting nineties in the run home. Um, But there's a couple of very cheap West Coast boys for your midfield.
0: Uh, If you want to know what they're looking like across the other formats, then we'll come back and and, and chat about Dyson Heppel. Elliot Yo, in Supercoach, 446,500. He's currently in under a 1,000 teams with a break-even of 99, and that's off the back of a 107. Oh, by the way, sometimes you might go, oh, he's been rubbish this year. Yep, he's been injured a lot, but here's his scores. 49 in his return game, 87 against the Blues, 99 against the Tigers, and a pretty disappointing 56 against the Dogs. So, so I'll give you that. But that's value, and he's just starting to build. We're talking about a guy who hasn't had a monster ceiling game yet, and he can do it. He's it. In AFL Fantasy, he's got a break-even of 74 in just 1.1% of teams, and he's priced in that format of 605000 Not bad. You want to talk about his teammate, Tim Kelly, while we stay in that format, knowing that you've already covered off the DT stuff. He is not as cheap as you think. Actually, he is. He's totally as cheap as you think. He's $567,000 in that format. If you're looking as a reference point for what that could actually be, it's around about $100,000 from Devin Robertson to Tim Kelly, just as a reference point. Um, If if you're wondering how cheap that is, like that's not a bad little cheapy sneak move through there. While in a super coach, you're ready? 394,100. He's in 2% of teams uh, and he's coming off the back Yep, of an 80 and a 46 and a 26, but just the the four weeks before this. So yeah, a bad two weeks, missed a couple of weeks. These are his scores from round seven to round 10. 131, 98, 127, 103 in Supercoach. Again, if you want a reference point, 394000 is what he's going to cost you. He is about $160,000. If you're still holding Riley Collier Dawkins, it's about 160000 to get there. Jones, who we used as an illustration before, it's $110,000 to him. So we're talking about these guys that have shown ceiling, shown scoring potential, not just this year, but years gone by. And if money for you is just, oh, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. He's incredible through there. So, so all three of the formats, if money's an issue, uniqueness is what you're looking for as well. And you're waiting for a guy that could pump out some numbers. Both those boys are starting, more than Kelly, are starting to build. Um, I I think that team's going to get better with um, a number of games back at home now that they can return home. So yeah, for me, I I think they're really good shouts. Dyson Heppel, I'll give you my take on him because you threw his name out here. Yeah. Here's my take on Dyson Heppel. Uh, The caveats are, What format do you play? How many trades do you have left? How complete is your team? What's your depth of cover like through there? They're always the things when it comes to this point in time when you're trading out a player, what are the moves? The reason, let's talk about format. In AFL Fantasy, he's a defender. You don't need DPP. He's now not competing for an M7 or an M8 position. He's now competing alongside the Ridleys, the Daniels, um, the Gosh, even Jake Lloyd, dare I say it, um, the, these oh, guys yep. to, towards the bottom of Tom Stewart. He, he, so he's in that vein of, can he go a 90 from now to the end of the year? And if the answer you think is yes, and you've got solid enough cover like a Bianco, who's a 50, I'd say for a one-week 40-point loss, improve your team around him. If, for, for, for a one-week trade, if you've got all those things. If it's dream team and super coach and you've got a few trades up your sleeve, now is the time, especially if you've got no good cover, like if it's a Nukem or a Bramble, that's a 40 to a 70 at any week in time. It, It is the time to move him on if you've got the luxury of a few trades. The ideal scenario isn't to have Heppel in your completed team. Some coaches might not be in that spot. They've got to hold him because they've only got two or three trades left. you just got to hold um, seven weeks out, you just got to hold in 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 those formats at this point in time. But for me, those are the factors you, you look through with a Heppel or a player like him that's going to miss just one week at this point in time. What's the format you play? What's the objective you're trying to achieve the league or rankings? What's your coverage look like? How many trades in the bank have you got left? Does your team... Is it at a finished state quote unquote, is it one or two trades a week from a finish state? And then ultimately, what's going to net your team the most points from now to the end of the year? Because a trade of Heppel, if he misses just one week, because we can only go off what we know, he's missing one week, according to the club, right now, likely. Trading him one trade, is, is one trade worth 100 points? I would say no with seven weeks out. One trade is not worth that. I would say the trade you save and the potential 50 you get from a Bianco or a Heimel, that loss of 50 points, you will make that up with that trade at latter points of the year, the value of that trade. Now, if he misses three weeks, of course, then it would have been, in hindsight, the right trade to make. But Jordan, you and I have both played this game long enough to know only time is the great revealer of what's, <laughs> yeah. a, of what's a good trade or a bad trade. Trading out Dangerfield at the end of round one to a Dane Zorko was the right trade to make. Like if you're doing a forward for forward, a like for like, that was the trade to make. But even on this podcast, there was a, some different panel members that were saying it's a mistake to have traded Dangerfield. Well, he, he then went on after that three-week suspension to get injured mid-game and miss another... Does that make it bad advice? it doesn't make it bad advice. It's just time reveals the right move. And so with Heppel, if he misses more than one week, it might be the right thing to have moved him on. But based on the information, I'd, I would say with one exception, you shouldn't move him on. And that is you've got no cover or you're in a luxury trade position and you need to upgrade him in a dream team or super coach to go get a premium midfielder, even if it's a cheap, one of those cheaper names you mentioned, I, I could get behind that. But in AFL fantasy, if you've got a Bianco or a Highmore, why would you do it? I guess in
1: fantasy, it, it's a bit different, like you said, because he's a defender. He's got a defender status. And I don't know. I, th- I think with fantasy, you get the two trades every week. Um, it would depend on, you know, the rest of your field. Like there's there's so many um, variables as you always say, MJ. I think a couple of things with Heppel and this news that came today about this thumb operation. Like for he- hepple for me was a guy who, you know, in Dream Team particularly, just was a super valuable pick. He yeah. was so cheap. The expectations were so low on him. He just had to really score seventies and eighties to make a bit of cash. And here we are at round 17 and, you know, he's still inside because the reality is the last well, six weeks, he's put up four low tons, but four tons in dream team. Um, he's taken to that role off halfback really well. I just think Heppel's the sort of guy that when he's in your team, your heart's kind of in your mouth a little bit because he's just waiting for that. Oh, he's he's going to be rested or, or you know, something's flared up just because of his history with injury. Um, And also, when you look at your side, is he someone you want there at the end? And Yes, he's putting up okay scores for now, but is he someone you want in your side at the end? So when something like this comes up, and it'd be nice if it was a suspension, wouldn't (laughs) it, MJ? It was just one week, boom, I know, no crystal balls needed. My fear with this one is the messaging from the club, and, and you can read into it however you want, and, and as you said, you can only take the club at face value. From what I was reading today, everything I saw was, um, we're hoping it's one week. And when I hear that, I just think, oh, if it's, if it's not quite there due to his age, and maybe they're looking at a late push for finals, do they give him another week? And that turns into two weeks. It's all crystal ball stuff, as we've talked about. Time will reveal, but he just fits the profile of a guy at this stage of the year that I would get rid of. Um, but you know, obviously, if you don't have the trades or you've got good cover, you know, there, there's so much that comes into it. I just I just love his price, you know. Like good I'll give you a scenario, right? So say mm-hmm. you've been holding on to Tom Phillips for he's <laughs> just bleeding cash, bleeding and, and us Paul Sokers that have held on to him. Every week, think, surely this week he gets back to a 70 It's got to happen. It's got to. Then his price can sort of reset a little. He'll make a little bit more money back, and then you move him on. Yep. You don't have to lose so much. It does get to a point where, well, how long do you wait? Now there's a guy like Keppel who's out for a week. Yes, his scoring output's been much better, but he's about you know, 150, depending on the format, 200K more. I'd much rather sell him and use that cash than, you know, and maybe I'm being stubborn to Phillips, but accept the awful uh, <laughs> loss of cash on a Phillips, if you know what I mean there. Yep. So, um, But yeah, there's plenty to consider. And I guess with anything, just keep your ears to the ground because you can pick up little bits of news here and there on socials, on the radio and, and the like. But um, yeah, at this stage, one week, maybe
0: more. We'll see. Yeah, I reckon, you know, and I'll answer, I'll come back to happily in NFL fantasy in a second. I think if you're a Phillips owner in the limited trades formats, you can't, you still can't sell him. I, the only reason I could get behind you selling him is this I'm not enjoying the game with him in my team. And for the sake of enjoyment, you trade him. That I can get behind. But what you, if you're selling him now, you're selling him at his lowest price and you are compounding the pain you've had all year, you're better to let him drift to your coverage through forwards and midfield and it's not great coverage. I get it. It's not great. But you're better to continue to not sell this option at its lowest value you're better to keep building your team around him. Different in AFL fantasy, like you said, you've got multiple trades a week. You can do these flippy little trades from round one onwards is you can make those moves. So that game's different, but I I can't get behind selling Phillips in dream team or super coach. And maybe I'm just a stubborn old man. I had a moment today where I realized I'm old I took two of my kids to an arcade and on MTV classics, they were pumping out Savage Garden, Blink 182 uh, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I'm thinking, these are the bangers of my high school era. No, no, no. These are now what are deemed classics on music television. But um, So maybe that's what it is. I'm just a stubborn man nearing my 40s in a handful of years that I'll, I'll eventually get there. But for me, I couldn't do it. But to Heppel's point, if I could hold on to Dyson Heppel in AFL fantasy, I would. And there are two big reasons why. The final two rounds of the year, they play Gold Coast and Collingwood. Gold Coast. He hasn't played them yet this year, but have you seen what opposition teams have done to them? Have oh, they put them to the sword? Yep, I know they beat Richmond last week, but, but that is the footballing equivalent of what Patrick Dangerfield did on the weekend for fantasy coaches. It was their best performance of the year, but none. Yes. Then it, against Collingwood. Oh, I have this vague recollection of Dyson Heppel playing Collingwood earlier this year. What did he score? 142. Yeah, I, I know there were some outs in that game. But defenders against Collingwood for three seasons in fantasy footy is money for jam. And if there was anybody I would want in my team from the Essendon defensive line that name wasn't Jordan Ridley, it would be Dyson Heppel. So for me, if you could, if you can, if you're in a position to hold Dyson Heppel, I would, because the trade you make must be worth more than 50 points. It's got to be more than the 50 points you'd make off this one week. And I'm just using the Bianco as a guide. I know others have different. But if Bianco's a 50, Heppel's a ton this week. Let's give him that, hypothetically. It's a 50-point gap you've lost. Can you make that up with upgrades around? Can you make that up with creative captaincy maneuvers? Because I reckon by the end of the year, Heppel will have caught up with whatever little flippy sideways move you've made um, to kind of get through there. So, yeah, for me, I'm, I can't get behind Heppel. But, again, I understand why someone would do it. And, again, it's different teams. they like, i got no coverage. Or this was my only way uh, to get there. Or I've got a Callum Mills in my midfield and I need to move him into the back lot. I, sure, okay, fine, I get all that. But for the most part, I, I, I couldn't get too behind Dyson Heppel.
1: And unfortunately, with Heppel, too, you've got to make the decision early. You know, if, if, if Essendon was playing on a Sunday or even a you know, Saturday night, we could have some loopholes. Now, yep. the one I would flag is, is James Jordan. If you've still got him in your midfield, um, you know, on your bench, uh, probably question why you got that much cash still sitting <laughs> on your bench. But, but just thinking out loud here, we've got Melbourne versus Port as the Thursday night game. So you could loop a Jordan um, and if he scored you know, seventy plus, and you're happy with that, you could that would further the argument to keep Heppel. Um, but no, Essendon's playing Friday night, um, so you will need to make your decision pretty early in the piece.
0: Yeah, you will. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see what people do, and uh, I know it's a, it's a challenging decision for people, but yeah, I'm I, I'm kind of big on, on holding fat on him. Maybe we should get to some of our Patreon questions, Jordox, And uh, then if you've got any last minute things you want to throw at the back end of this episode, you can certainly drop those nuggets of gold for us. But here's some questions. It's an AFL fantasy question. Uh, from Brendan Wright. Of course, if you want to join our Patreon supporter group, all the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. You get access to exclusive content, podcasts, cash leagues, um, access to the panel, and a bunch of other things, and a heap of off-season content. So even if you're like, oh, I'll, just, I'll sign up in 2022. Oh, I'll get there. No, 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 no. Every player that gets traded in the off-season, I do an article about you get podcasts about in-depth analysis on every trade player. It goes for hours. It it will rival Lord of the Rings, that podcast. That's how long that bad boy can go sometimes. So there's plenty of stuff to get through. So if you want to join the Patreon supporter group at any tier level, it's for you at coachespanel.tv. All right, let's come back. AFL fantasy question for you, Chordox. Brendan Wright wants to know this. He's got one rookie still on the field, but he's considering trading two of Dusty Cummings and harms this week to allow his rookie to fatten up. He doesn't elude which one it is. Which of these, which two of those three would you trade? So that's the first part of the question. And then the second part is, and what would be the better midfield targets? He's currently considering Clary Oliver and a boy you might've mentioned just moments ago, Tim Kelly. What's your advice for Brendan, mate?
1: Yep, no, I love that you're looking at Kelly Brendan, Great minds think alike, I say. Um, I'll talk about coming. I think he's the one. Uh, I know you said trading two of them, but the first one is coming. And look, it's pretty hard. Harms, we thought, was going to be um, struggling when Viney came back. And he's just continued to put out 80s. I saw his, his center bounce attendances on the weekend were around 50%. So the same as Viney. So they're sort of interchanging the two. Um, and I love watching Harms play. He he just gets gets to a good score every week. Dusty's uh, he's an interesting one because trading him feels like you're yeah, tempting fate, and and he might see what old mate Dangerfield did and say, hmm. "Hold my beer, watch this this weekend." But I'll, I'll tell you something about coming. I found interesting is he he's been an excellent pick up, yes. uh, across the formats. You know, started as a cash generation guy, you know, mid pricer, and he's gone on with it. He has really popped since round 10. Mm. Uh, And and when I say that, he's been scoring tons and and, and taking kick-ins and and looking excellent. Um, But that was when Taylor went down and he looks like returning this week. So I'm not suggesting there's a a definite correlation there. I think they play different roles, but I do know that Taylor's a great intercept marker and he was having quite a a good run before he hurt himself. Um, He may return in the VFL, but he's fit again. And obviously, Whitfield's back there as well. I just feel like Cummings a guy who's made excellent coin and you're probably selling at the highest value. Dusty, you couldn't say that. So I guess based on that, it would be Cummings and Harms. Um, considering Oliver and Kelly, he, he's an interesting one, Oliver, isn't he, MJ? I mean, he he, he hit his low ton in Dream Team mm-hmm. Fantasy on the weekend, but he still looks like he's just in a bit of a funk. I know we talked about him on the podcast last week and, mm-hmm. and, and put up the idea of moving him on. I think um, owners absolutely hold. And then if you're looking at him, um, look, you, it's going to be riskier than I thought with Oliver, but I, I think he comes good. I don't know about you. Yeah,
0: I, I think Clary, um, look, depending on the format you play, he, he, he's anywhere between 50 and 100,000 off his starting price at the moment. So, for, for me, yeah, he, he's had a rough month. But you buy these premiums at their lowest. Um, and, and I think Clary's at that point. Oh, by the way, the team he loves to dominate um, is coming up in the preliminary final round in Adelaide in round 22. Um, yes, he's got a potential tag with O'Connor um, in round 23. But that doesn't mean he's certainly going to get it because last time he played Geelong, he scored a 128 in Dream Team and Fantasy and it was a similarly good score in Super Coach. For me, Brendan, the best advice I can give you is this. Get your cows off the field. Um, now, if they've got a little bit more time to go, cool. Make some money with the trades that you're making. Look to generate some cash with that. Now, that could be something as crazy. I know he's playing... AFL fantasy at the moment, and it might even go against some of what you just shared there, Ducks, But he's 630000 in AFL fantasy. Um, why not go down to a Rowan Marshall and make yourself $70,000? Why not go down to a Matt Kennedy and make yourself $100,000? Um, beyond the first two weeks of the year, Dusty in AFL fantasy. Not really been great. Yep, there's a couple of 80s and 90s littered through there, but there's also a bunch of 50s and 60s. Uh, I, think, I don't think he's at 100% health. I'm seeing something in Dusty that I've never seen in, when I watch Dusty play, where the mind is willing, but the body, for one reason or another, isn't able to deliver. It's We're not seeing a demise. I know we've, some knuckleheads have said, oh, we're seeing the demise of Richmond and Dusty no, we're not seeing the demise of Dusty. hundred percent would not be shocked to see it come out at the end of the year where he's been carrying a niggling injury just throughout the year. And unfortunately, Richmond find themselves in a position where they haven't for a long time, where every game now they pretty much have to win to bank themselves a strong finals position. So for me, I'd look to hold a a coming and a harms. If you've got a cow on the ground that's still making money, do you have ones off that could maybe move that? But Dusty's the one that for me, he's got high ownership and he's not damaging you with 120 plus scores. Kennedy's matching him over the past three weeks. Why not head down that territory where you're getting the same scoring for 100K less, you're generating cash, you're keeping the same points on field. Yep, there's a risk that Dusty pops but when was the last time Dusty really burnt you in AFL fantasy? Like, like really burnt you. Round one, mm. 131 against Carlton, that, that's a pretty good burn. But, but he doesn't really pop those big 130s anymore, both this year, last year, and even the year before. Richmond don't need him to be the 2017 version of himself. And so that's why, for me, maybe, Brendan, that's the way to go. All right, let's go to the next question. I think question. with
1: Dusty, sorry, sorry, I just, yeah. uh, you're right. It's it's just, I don't know, I just feel like beware that wounded tiger. I, I think Dusty's going to put out a big one um, one of these weeks. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's hard to know. And, and like you said, he hasn't really hurt. So why not jump off now? But yeah, I just we haven't seen Richmond in this position before and they're a proud group. And I think... Uh, yeah, we could see something soon from him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it wouldn't shock me at all, but I just don't think they need him to carry them the way he has had to previously. All right, Clint wants to know, for Dream Team in particular, I think we might have already answered this for you, Clint, um, but AFL Fantasy as well, is danger already reaching the overpopular? Take him on range if you want to make up ground overall. Looking at someone like Marshall, yeah, we've answered that for you, Clint. Uh, yes, is the answer. He's popular, but don't do it just to be unique for the sake of it. Do it because you know what you're doing with that extra cash. If that extra cash gets you somewhere. Clint, absolutely, mate, pull the trigger on that. But Sarah wants to know AFL fantasy best forward option between 500 and 600 thousand. Who is not Dagoey? So she's blacklisted Jordan. <laughs>
1: Uh, who, who
0: are the best forwards between that 500 and 6,000 range that she could go and get that's going to help her? If you want to look on averages recently, Stringer's got the best, averaging 115 in his last three. Kennedy's going at 99, DeGoey, but we're not talking about him. It all through there, they are all you're probably your best three forwards. Then you're looking at Zach Bailey. Nixon. This is just by last three on averages. Atkins. Snelling. Oh, I haven't mentioned my boy, Rowan Marshall, enough on this podcast, Jordox. So I don't think I've mentioned him enough, so I'll give him another <laughs> shake through there.
1: There's a... I like Kennedy. Gosh, I, like Kennedy, I do a
0: too. I think he, he's... Um,
1: 538. Oh just so cheap isn't it i mean he was just over 500 last week if you want to have one more look at him he was on 38 the quarter time and then unfortunately didn't get near it in the second quarter but i just think he's the sort of guy like to and, and to Oh, well, she doesn't want to know about to she, she doesn't uh, want Marshall, to know about go no 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 yeah um Stringer is interesting, isn't he? I mean, he showed some signs earlier in the year of doing this without hitting those big scores. He was hitting 70s and 80s before his injury. Um, He's just such a dynamic body to have at a set of bounce at a clearance to get the ball out. But I just like what Kennedy's done. Kennedy's one who, uh, since he's come across from GWS, you know, it feels like he's struggled to find his place. But I was looking into him recently. and I found that it's it's more injury that's got in his way more than role. Like last year, he came into the side early in the year, I think it was, uh, playing that inside role mm. and looked really good. He yeah, had some he really good scores. Um, and then injury came and then he lost his spot. So he's playing on the ball. He loves to tackle. He is hard at it. And Carlton really need him to keep doing what he's doing because it gives A guy like poor Paddy Cripsis carried so much on his shoulders for so much of his young career, a bit of a chop out. So now all of a sudden you've got Walsh running around looking like an absolute superstar. Mm. Paddy Dow is starting to come on. He's getting minutes in the middle. He's looking good. Throw in Kennedy, who's probably only one pace. But like I said, he, he tackles hard. And at 5.30, I would feel much more comfortable with him over a Jake Stringer.
0: There's just something about Stringer that if you're streaming him for a two to three week run to make money, I get it. it there's smells of early season Taylor Walker about it, where good run, buying him at the right price. No, no,
1: as good as Tex. What are
0: you talking about, MJ? No, I know. He's actually his first three weeks have been better <laughs> than what Tex's first three weeks were I'm pretty close to, actually. <laughs> um, but for me, Beyond this, again, for Sarah, this is an AFL fantasy question, so it's not for every format for everyone else. Before this hot three weeks, he'd had one score over 80 all season. So if you're picking Stringer as your guy I'm holding till the end of the year, it could pop. But the weight of data historically tells us that Stringer's a really hot and cold player in terms of his impact on a game. And with Dylan Shield still a couple of weeks away, maybe you can run the gauntlet for a couple of weeks and, and take every single cent you can out of a Jake Stringer. He's got a break even of 30. I think he's gonna make another 70,000 to 80,000 in the next two to three weeks in that format, which would put him up, upwards of 650K. That just, just might be enough to get you to Josh Dunkley. That just might be enough. And maybe this is your way of getting to Dunkley in this format or a new formatted forward we might pick up at the end of this round, AFL Fantasy, Kate. Um, sorry, Sarah, we'll drop in a, um, a heap of new forwards potentially for us. We might see a Mitch Duncan. Who knows who we might actually see get added to the game. And, and so that would be the only way I'd get behind Stringer is it's a stream to make some money for a few weeks, and then you jump off at the first signs of either in-game or break-even going against you. Um, I'm with you. If you're looking for a bit more of a seasonal run, Kennedy's your cheap option. If you're looking to make some money for a fortnight and then go somewhere else, and that all depends, Sarah, on what the rest of your team looks like. Some teams, they're pretty complete everywhere else, and so they can afford this move. Others, they've still got three or four upgrades. You need a little bit more of an anchored pick for the rest of the year. So, so those are all the factors to kind of go in. All right. Uh, AFL fantasy question again. Gosh, I've got not a lot of AFL fantasy questions on this episode, Chordox, from our Patreons. Um, I it's a think, popular format. It, it is a popular format. I think it's where you can make trades every single week. That's where the benefit of that format kicks in. All right, here we go. Oh, Chris, I don't like this question already. Um, Hunter to Dugowie? No. Uh, versus coming to Newman. Um, can I say I don't like either of those options, Chris? Um, but let's look at these other options because I think there's a little bit more there. I-, I think they're both, you're not making up any points with that trade. If they're coming to Newman, you're not making any cash. You're making a little bit of cash from Hunter to Togui. But Hunter outside of last week has been one of the most safe handful of five points either side of a 90 every single week since he's got back up onto the wing. So for me, I couldn't get behind that. Um, and he's unique um, in contrast to what Goey's being at the moment. But I like this one. I'm keen to get your take. Steel or Lions as an upgrade at top price? Or a value pick in Petrarca? What do you like of those three guys there, Jordan?
1: I like Steele or Lyons. I think Petraka has—he's oh, a superstar, but I—I I just like for that real ceiling. And even in a bad game, you could see a, a one ten from those guys. I mean, Steele Steele could not have—you know—a game where he he only gets twenty touches and he'll still tackle his way to, you know, a one twenty or whatever it may be. And we saw that on the weekends. That may have been a career best score for him actually. Steele one fifty seven. It was about fourteen tackles, I think. Um, but out of those two, I, I really like Lions. I don't know why we don't talk about Lions more. Um, just goes about his business every week, week in, week out. Doesn't really drop under ninety. I think his lowest score this year is a ninety-one, and tackles like a beast as well. So I, look, I don't think you're going to go wrong with Steel or Lions. If I had to pick one, I'd say Lions. Um, and just quickly, just just coming to Newman, MJ, I know you said you didn't like it. It's, it's about a 70, 70 to 80K saving. I know you wanted to wait and see on Newman with Williams returning this week. But Williams was playing in that Adelaide game when Newman came on around quarter time and, and went on to score 111 alongside Williams who scored a 101, whatever it was. So you would want to, you know, I understand you want to have a look, but geez, I don't mind it. If if you want to be really, really brave and you're really trying to be as aggressive as you can be and you see Cummings, uh, you know, run of tons over with Taylor returning or whatever it may be, I, I don't mind uh, Cummings down to Newman. I would want to see the rest of your side and know that you don't have any gaping holes elsewhere before you did something like that. But I, I could get behind that one. But I do agree with MJ. Dunst. I would trade Hunter to get to Degoey. Um geez, can you imagine that suggestion if you make a few months ago, MJ, Hunter to Degoe? Um, but absolutely not. Uh, but Cummings to Newman is yeah. Um, yeah, could be a go.
0: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I think anytime you make these hundred thousand dollar trades in AFL yeah. fantasy The question I always have behind it is what's the scoring gap you're forecasting between these little sideways downgrade upgrade moves and how are you planning to use the cash? So the, the coming to Newman, how are you going to use that hundred or $70,000? The, um, if you're choosing a Petrarca over a Lions or a Neil, there's around about a hundred thousand difference between them. How are you going to use that cash? Cause I wouldn't buy high on steel. He's nearly 900,000. But if you don't have a captaincy option, and if you're looking at the rest of your midfield going, gosh, there's not one bloke that week in, week out, I could put the VCC on. Well, then that's a different conversation. Oh, it's a steal. But if you're looking for value, you always buy low on players. And that's where a Petriaka comes in. That's where a Lockie Neal is going to continue to slide under the radar because owners are now scared off about him being injured. I think a Lions and a Neil are drastically dissimilar in scoring from each other and potentially nearly 200,000 cheaper um, or 100,000 cheaper in other formats. So, so those are the things for me is if you're skimping on a player and because of cash reasons, what are you doing with the extra cash you save? Um, is it out of necessity or out of another upgrade? Or if you do need another captaincy option because your options are rubbish, steal or Lions... Across the formats, perfectly fine. Because as you said on both of them, their bad weeks are pretty good weeks. Um, oh and their, yeah, and their big weeks are as big as anybody else's. I think that's a fair call, man. All right. You
1: mentioned uh, yes. Neil. You yes. mentioned Neil before. That was the first mention of Lucky Neil on this podcast, which. What do we think about him? I mean, he's still there. He's still got that price point of of what we were talking about in recent weeks. If he's named and he actually plays this week, it has to be consideration because he's still got the run home. Um, It's just what other body parts does he have left (laughs) that's not been injured this year?
0: Look, it's it's a risk like trading anybody in that's had a couple of different injuries. The, The promising thing from Neil is at least the visibility we have right now, they're not all linked. They're not like Jeremy Cameron. They're not all hamstrings. Um, they're all bizarre, little different. It just feels like he's just walked under a ladder. Um, and all the great luck he got last year has come back to bite him this year. Um, and, and and that that's a part of footy sometimes. Sometimes it's just like, man, I just can't get my body doing what I want it to be able to do. Well, he's
1: going think- to be... He's going to be more unique now because he's, of these oddities that
0: keep yeah. popping up. I, people trade more. He's more him out appealing to
1: me now. He's more appealing to me now than he was a couple of weeks
0: ago. I'll tell you that much. I'm quite comfortable to get behind Lucky Neal. If someone's like, you know, what I need, I need a potential um, 120 guy or a 115 guy from now to the end of the year, but I can't afford it, and I don't want to go all the way down to the Yo's and the Kellys territory. I don't want to go all the way up to the Steels and the Lions. Type, who could I get? Neil's that guy um, who's right in the mix that has lost his shine because he um, because he got injured. But just two weeks ago... Keeps getting injured. <laughs> keeps getting injured. But two weeks ago, he was on the lips of every fantasy coach. Why? Because he had an absolute bumper game. And simple as that. He had a 106 and a 98 when he basically had his shoulder fallen off. (laughs) And then the week before that, he went 156 in Supercoach and 111 in DT. And so, yep, there's a potential injury risk. But really, if you're still listening to Fantasy Footy podcasts at this point in time of the season, you're either doing very, very well or you're just like, what the heck? I like the dulcet tones of Jordoc, so I'm listening in. That's what, why not? <laughs> Just pull the trigger and see what absolutely goes your way. I, I'm, I agree with you, man. I, I, I think Neil's, Neil's the, the forgotten man that a week ago um, we were all on. We jumped off. Get back on. Mate. Maybe he's the one to get instead of Dangerfield this week. Maybe. Who knows? Hey, mate, appreciate your work on uh, this episode. Pleasure as always, MJ. Uh, If you want to uh, make sure, if you haven't already, um, if you haven't liked or followed or uh, subscribed to these podcasts, you can get them at Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify. You can leave a nice five-star rating and review while you're there. That's the only kind that I'm really looking to see to be frank and fair. Uh, Or, of course, uh, if you want to (laughs) check out the articles that are dropping every single day, they are at coachespanel.tv. There is stuff for you there. If you're looking for ultimate footy, waiver wire Pickups, Drawdox has got you covered with a couple of nice sneaky options. The break-evens there, the weekend wrap-up. I've given you my take on some of the draft day wins for 2021. You can go and read that. And also inside the next 24 hours, I'll give you my take on who I think picks up DPP this week in AFL fantasy. They drop into the game at the conclusion of the round, which is going to be late on Monday, just so you know. So that'll be brutal. So if you have a bad start to the week on Thursday or Friday, it's going to be a long time to the lockout with the Monday night game. Hey, good luck to you this week. I hope your captain absolutely flies. I hope your uniques kill it and you have your best week of fantasy footy season of the whole year, really. Let's just hope you absolutely have a blinder. From all of us here at the Coaches Panel, good luck. I want to chat to you next week. <laughs>